Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Danny Boy tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Who smokes weed anymore? You got to upgrade to the oil for the vape. Oh, come on, man. There's nothing wrong with a good flower. Absolutely not. In fact, look, I get paranoid as all get out when I get high. The vape pen scares me more than anything else. Does it? It does, because if I'm smoking from a bowl, at least I know how much is in there. I know how much I'm inhaling. With the pen, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, guys, how are you? How are you guys doing today? See, flowers can sneak up on you like that, too. They can. It's always kind of a gamble, but it's a happy gamble. The only thing that I like about alcohol more is that I know if I drink seven beers, how I'm going to feel. If I take a couple of hits, I don't know what kind of weed, how strong it's going to be. All of a sudden, I fall asleep on my couch with a bowl of cereal. There are worse things than that, obviously. But it scares me how sometimes it can just catch up on young Crowley here. I'll get better at it. I'm sure I'll keep practicing. Vids Communal. The Communist <laughs> joins us now on the Crowley Show. Commie man, how much weed you smoking these days? Uh, not too much. I got a wedding coming up. I might get drug tested before that. So. <laughs> wow, that's true. Uh, it's part of the prenup, right? Exactly. Vince, the Flyers kind of rolled over and took it the other night. Were you surprised that that was the case? I, I really thought there'd be some, some uh, goonery at the end of that game just to, because uh, that's what the Flyers always do. But uh, I think that they're done. They just look like a team that's completely defeated, and I think that uh, the Penguins will put them out of their misery tonight. <clears throat> I think so, too. What do you make of Claude Giroux and Voracek and Simmons all playing terribly this series? They... Uh... It's shocking. I mean, the Penguins, I I tweeted this the other day. I've never seen a more systematic dismantling of a team than I did with the Penguins the other night. I mean, it it was just a a clinic that the Penguins put on. And, I mean, you look at the the combined uh, plus-minus for the guys, I think it's like a minus 19 or something like that. It's it's crazy. And, I mean, I used to think that Wayne Simmons was the the prototypical player that the Penguins needed, you know, kind of – Patrick Hornquist, but uh, kind of a different style. He's not a very good player anymore. Uh, just just watching him, he's no. completely ineffective. The most noteworthy thing he's done in the series is punch Evgeny Malkin in the face. I couldn't agree more. I think he must be hurt. He's got to be, right? I mean, uh, if not, it's just completely bewildering. I mean, he didn't have his typical great regular season, but he still put up some goals. Vince Common will join me here on the Crowley Show. I think it adds to the frustration when you're the Flyers, you already know you're not good, uh, or as good, I sh- suppose I should clarify, as the Pittsburgh Penguins, but the Penguins are playing well and you're getting dismantled. But even when they're not playing well, you're still effed because the goaltender will shut you down, they'll come back on the counterattack. Uh, I knew the series, the game, all of it was over when Phil Kessel scored that goal the other night. Yeah, I mean, th- their goaltending has not been good. I mean, they're going... They're going with their third different goalie, I think, is Neuvers might start tonight. And the funny thing is, Sidney, Sidney Crosby scored on all three of the goaltenders that they've had in the series. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a sign of desperation if they go with Neuvers tonight. And to be honest with you, I, I thought Neuvers was the third best option going into the series. But uh, Yes. 
I, I, I'm pretty shocked about that. Um, it, it's just <clears throat> the Penguins are so much better than them at every facet of the game that no matter what the Flyers do, they just uh, they just can't compete. It, 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 another amazing stat is regular season and postseason together, the Flyers have not scored a power play goal on their own home ice against the Penguins this season. And they won't. So, and that, yeah, and they won't because the, the series is going to end tonight. But uh, I mean, that 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 used to be their bread and butter, the power play, and and now it's just uh, another average power play. And I think that I think that the Flyers do have some good young talent, and I think that this is going to serve as a as a good you know learning tool for them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But but some of their stars, like you know Drew Voracek and those guys, uh, Simmons. They're not getting any uh, younger, and they certainly seem to be getting less effective as uh, at least the playoffs go. I mean, Drew had a great regular season, but uh, that doesn't mean anything once the postseason starts. No, it doesn't. And John Butchergrass, I thought, had a really good theory on that when we talked to him a little bit ago where he said they know their goalie stinks. Uh, and he might be doing the whole, I'm an ESPN dude, I'm really smart, I'm John Butchergrass, and yeah, maybe he's right there uh, and saying, I was not surprised. Because uh, their goalie stinks. They know they can't win, and I wonder if that does, though, play into it. Yeah, you know, it was funny. In game two, uh, I'm standing in the Flyers locker room, and Giroux made that comment, uh, for all you doubters out there, there you go, uh, referring to their goaltender. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, you might want to pump the brakes a little bit there, Claude. It's just yeah, no one kidding. game. And uh, he didn't really look that great. He, he was, uh, even in game two when the Penguins lost. He First was, period, uh, he was not good. Yeah, I mean, the puck was hitting him, and then he was reacting to it. That's not goaltending. That's just being lucky. I mean, you know, goaltending is being in the right position and knowing when the puck's about to hit you, not reacting after it hits you. So I, I thought that that was a, an interesting comment from him after game two, and it's uh, played out that uh, the real uh, the real uh, goaltending for the Flyers was probably the goaltender that we saw in game one. I suppose it is fitting, given that description, with Brian Elliott getting hit by the puck before he realized the puck was coming, to then see Neuverth in the last game give up a goal that he never saw the entire way and probably still doesn't see Sidney Crosby coming. I, yeah, that was one of the best uh, screenshots I've seen in, in the playoffs in a long time. So good. He's, he's uh, up against the post looking one way and Crosby stuffing the puck in the other side of the net. Um, that's, uh, if I had to pick one picture to summarize this series, I would think that I would choose that once this one's over. Vince Commonal joining us here, Point of Pittsburgh, and the official report. It is the Crowley Show. I don't want to bag on the Flyers the entire segment, and really for the entire show. We will save that for Monday when we do eulogize these Philadelphia Flyers, but I can't get over Hackstall going with Elliott. And then you look at some of the other things he's done. It's always Giroux's line going up against Crosby's line. Man, try to get them against someone else. And he has tried, I suppose, at times, but I don't like his line combinations. Valtteri Filppula, if Couturier doesn't play tonight, it looks like he's going to be on the top line. I don't think he's had a particularly strong series. No, and to be honest, when I, when I watch him coach in this series, it reminds me of watching Mike Johnston when, when he was the Penguins coach. Uh, he just has that. College coach! Yeah, <laughs> he just has that uh, deer in headlights look to him at times. When the and, and to be honest, there really is no answer for him. There's, 
he's not going to you know pull uh, Eric Lindros off the bench or you know, you know what? McClare in his prime. That's a really so, good point by you, Vince. I mean, maybe I am laying it on a little thick, but sorry, go on. No, I mean those guys. You know, they're just, they're just not going to pull out the Legion of Doom line for, from the bench. There really isn't an answer. But he does look like a deer in headlights in time when he just doesn't know what to do. And I think tonight, if he starts Neuvert, it's just you know you're back against the wall. You have no, literally, no other chance tonight. So why not try something crazy and see if it works? If I were to tell you Crosby's the best player in the series, you would agree. Everyone would agree because that's yes. the truth. If I were to say that I think Brian Dumoulin's been the second-best Penguin in the series, what say you? I, I think I might agree with you. I mean, yeah. he – well, maybe Matt Murray. Matt Murray – I mean, I know the Penguins have won by large scores, but Matt Murray's been really good in this series. Uh, but Dumoulin, I mean, where, where is this offensive production coming from? I, I mean, he, he's been a solid performer all year. Maybe the Penguins' most solid, consistent yeah. performer all year on defense. But uh, where's this offense coming from? What does what he have in the series? Five points? He only had like 15 the whole season? Um, yeah, I mean, he is as solid as they come back there. Very rarely does he take a penalty. I think uh, two or three seasons ago, he only had two minor penalties the whole season. He's just, you know, as steady as they come back there. And you really don't notice him too much on a, no. on a consistent basis. And that's exactly the way the Penguins and Brian Dumoulin probably like it. Is he the modern-day defensive defenseman, a guy who's not going to put up a bunch of points but can also skate and move the puck? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't classify him as, like, you know, an old Samuelson type of stay-at-home defenseman like No, that. but I, th- I think, and, and that's my point, and I, you're right about that, I think that today there really isn't that guy anymore, and if they are, they're kind of being phased out of the league. I think he is what now will be considered a defensive defenseman. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, I think maybe even Jamie Alexiak would fall into that mold sure. a bit. Uh, though his uh, ice time has really dwindled in the past few games. Um, but yeah, I would say like Dumoulin, uh, Alexiak, guys like that, uh, they have a little bit of offensive touch. But for the most part, they're just going to be that kind of stay-at-home pair. I mean, that's why you see Dumoulin with Latang so much. Latang's going to you know take those chances, and and Dumoulin's going to be that responsible guy. So yeah, I would agree with that. So as far as like the definition of a defensive defenseman in 2018, I would say Dumoulin definitely fits that mold. I think Chad Rahuidal has really played a good series. What say you, Vitz? <laughs> well, he certainly played better than Matt Hunwick. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, I think uh, I think they made the right decision by uh, keeping Ruidal in there and keeping Hunwick out. Um, but at the same time, I do feel confident that if Hunwick had to go in, he would play you know, seven minutes a night, and I think that he would be okay. You know but what, I Vince? Think... Oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I, I do. I think that the demise of the Penguins defenseman has been greatly exaggerated because Rui, Ruido's a really good player if he's your sixth defenseman. Oleksiak, if he's your fifth or your sixth, you're in a good spot. And I do think Hunwick's a good player. Yeah. I mean, those guys that you just mentioned, they're going to play six, seven minutes a night. And, you know, if those are your bottom three, two, three defensemen, then you're doing pretty good. I mean, if that's if that's what you're worrying about, your 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 fifth, sixth defenseman when you're going in the playoff series, then you have a pretty good team because you know the Flyers are going into the series. They don't even know who their goaltender is, so that that uh, that makes a big deal. I mean, look just look at the series around the league. The Devils didn't know who their goaltender was. They switched goalies. The the Capitals didn't know who their goalie was. They've switched goalies. Um, 
even the you know the Avalanche, they, they're down to uh, the Hamburglar is their goalie at this point, uh, which is uh, not ideal. No. Uh, and not to mention the fact that we've seen a lot of teams do complete overhauls of their lineups from game to game, whereas the Penguins, they've had the same lineup all five games. They're going to have the same lineup again tonight. They obviously know who their goaltender is. So, again, if your biggest worry is your fifth, sixth defenseman, then uh, you're doing all right when you're in the playoffs. What do you think it is about Matt Murray? You you mentioned him as the second-best Penguin in this series. I, I think you are right about that upon further review. What is it with this guy? I, I mean, seriously, he has a bad regular season. I know seven save percentage. And now, apart from Marc-Andre Fleury and, hell, maybe the guy he was playing against, Jonathan Quick, he might have been the best goaltender in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I mean, there's just a, a confidence about him. Not not an arrogance, a confidence. And you, you could just see it. He he plays very quiet in the net. Um, you know, we, we've seen it with Flurry, uh, where, you know, Flurry kind of makes the flashy glove saves and the, you know, he's kind of diving around in the net. Murray is just so technically sound in the net and he, he, he just always seems to be in the right position. And when he gives up a goal, he, you know, he just doesn't get rattled at all. And I just think that he has so much confidence in himself when he's out there that uh it, it kind of rubs off on his teammates and i think that's that's the thing i mean the guy has won two stanley cups already he's never lost the playoff series and i again he's just very quiet he has a, a calm demeanor about him and he's just very technically sound in the net last thing here for you vince i think there are two ways this can go after this the penguins are going to beat the flyers whether it's tonight or another night i think it's going to be tonight but the Penguins could, I suppose, not be ready for the real playoffs because they weren't challenged at all by Philadelphia. You watch this series, it doesn't look like any of the other series going on right now. Or do you think that the Penguins have hit their stride and this has been a nice little opportunity, I suppose, for them to flip that switch? I really think that the Penguins have, have kind of hit their stride. I think that it is uh, as hard as it is for a lot of teams to do, they literally flipped the switch when the playoffs started, and they said, "Okay, this is this is our season. This was this is what we look forward to. That regular season, that that's for other teams. The playoff season, this is this is for us. This is our time to shine." And I think that uh, they flipped the switch, and I don't think that they're going to be uh, turning that switch off anytime soon. Um, you know, it, it would really behoove them to win the series tonight because the the Blue Jackets and Capitals. It looks like they might be headed for a seven game series. Um, They've already played the equivalent of uh, five games, even though they've only played four with all the overtime games. They've played almost the equivalent of three extra periods because of all the overtimes. So the Penguins could just kind of sit back, let those guys beat each other up, and, and just uh, sit and wait to let Patrick Cornquist get healthy again and uh, you know see, see where it goes. But uh, I think that the Penguins are just playoff ready and playoff proven, and I think uh, it wouldn't shock me at all for them to get into the Eastern Conference Final again. Vince, you are a communist, but we love you anyhow. <laughs> hey, hey I'm, I'm just glad you'll have me on the show. I'm just glad you'll come on. Appreciate it, buddy. Take care. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Vince Common will point of Pittsburgh and the Fischler Report. Check out the point of Pittsburgh, by the way. Up and coming, really good stuff. And Vince, I think, is the head man there in terms of the hockey coverage. Coming up next, Claude Giroux talking out of his ass. And I know you've been waiting a long time for this. We're going to analyze... That some bitch Steeler schedule. Oh, oh yeah, we coming. are. Which games will they win? Which games will they lose? I'm gonna be a hundred percent right. It's ESPN Pittsburgh.
Roots are alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, the iHeartRadio app. No, it's just that the Penguins didn't have finishers. It's different now. The Penguins do have finishers. Olimata is, in fact, a finish. Er. What a stupid thing to say, Tom. I mean, that's a terrible joke. He wrote it, not me. Turn that right on its head. 412-922-2874 is the number. We're going to hear from Josh Joey coming up in about 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Got a bunch of tweets to get to. Danny Boy. I already read that one. Who smokes weed anymore? I forgot because I have poor short-term memory. Uh, the Ordinary Boy says, Not sports-related, but you can't talk about pot without mentioning Willie Nelson. That's a good point. Is that contractually obligated? we got to talk about Willie? Yeah, anytime pot comes up, Willie's got to be in the fold. How about former Indians pitcher Chris Perez sent weed to his house a couple years ago when he got busted? That from Andy. Nice. Forgot speaking about that. Of, speaking of pitchers, uh, Tim Lincecum. See a weed guy. He's, oh, come on. Absolutely. I remember in the Giants parade, who was the closer? Who was the bearded closer? Joe knows. Of course oh. Joe knows, you weird you weird baseball Bri- Brian, dork. Uh, Brian, uh... Wait, don't say. Nobody say. Oh. Is it Brian, though? Was Brian his first name? Brian with a beard. Brian with a beard. Brian with a beard. Give me There's 10 seconds. Guys. Just give me 10 seconds. No, I'm not thinking about Sergio Romero. Okay. I'm thinking about the other it's one. Romo. That's what I said. I'm thinking about the other guy with the weird beard. He threw really hard. He, ca- he did the X thing, right? Yeah, he was also a beach boy, wasn't he? No! <laughs> Good joke, though. Better than the Finnish one. All right, what was his name? Brian Wilson. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't get it, did you? Good joke. Because also there's a beach boy named Brian Wilson. Yeah. Adam, you got that? I, so, uh, Adam, he said Brian and the Beach Boy thing because there was a Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Yeah. And this is Brian Wilson, so therefore the joke was funny. Good so, funny joke by Joe. Yeah, they're so, different Brian Wilsons. Here's the, here's, the, here's the problem. But we were using the same name for both of them. I think you guys all know what happened there. I was a total fraud <laughs> because I told Joe it was a great joke without getting the joke. Wow. And then the joke was explained to me. I was just trying to help you out, Joe. Sure. By the way, Tim Lincecum looks like Mitch from uh, Days of Confused. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I've definitely seen Great that Great weed movie, by the way. Yeah, good Great pop movie. Great movie in general, yeah. How have we not played Because I Got High yet, Tom? I mean, that's just bad on your part. Oh, maybe it was coming later and you ruined it, so. Wow. Oh, well. Good if, job. If you play it now, it's because I suggested it. To Adam's idea. Wow, you trapped me there. <laughs> Ask Brian, this from Ed, if he's ever heard the Michael Cooper, a.k.a. Cooper Loop stories. I know them well. No, I have not. I have no idea what he's talking about. Well, he about. needs to reply real quickly, or otherwise this segment's going to go off the yeah, rails. It doesn't work. <laughs> he then says, and while we're at it, how about the boxer from Albuquerque that was on the lamb for eight days there? All about addiction, by the way. I forget his name. Ed, you're providing nothing to the show. Yeah, you're just giving us vague nonsense. Let's break down the Steelers' schedule. We'll get to Giroux in a little bit. 16 games. There's 16 this year. That much we know. I was not sure until they released it last night. Brian, I'll tell you what, man. I was jammed up to find out they were playing a full schedule this year. Wow, that's the surprising. Pirates haven't done it this far. Another shocking thing, no doubleheaders. No doubleheaders. Cool. Uh, no Christmas Day game. Oh, but That's because Christmas is a Tuesday. I thought they might have tried to change the rules, though. They did not. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. We'll start out Steelers at Brownies. Last year, tough. 21-18, the Steelers were able to pull it out. 
with Antonio Brown being the only player for the Steelers who showed up. I think the Steelers, though, are over all that nonsense, losing to bad teams. That's a win. Put it in the win column. How about that? Adam, you're absolutely wrong. That is clearly a loss. Well, I guess I could see it your way. They did barely beat him last year. Now they've got RG3. They could have Saquon Barkley. Things could change. We'll put that one in the questionable wait, wait, category. Wait, wait, wait. The Browns, the Browns got RG3? RG3? Did the yeah. Ravens just Ravens. trade him? Ravens have RG3, buddy. Brian Wilson. You're thinking of Tyrod Taylor, and that's a bad look there. <laughs> that is. Is that racism? Is that what happened? I think so. Involuntary racism? You is that what it, I did? not me. Oh, boy. Beach boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kansas City, the next game, first home game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. RG3 starting the game for Kansas City. Uh, new quarterback under the helm. Uh, of course, no Alex Smith. I think the Steelers win that one, though. They always beat Kansas City. You're wrong. Tyrod Taylor is going to bring them through. Casey wins. Yeah, I agree with that. Coming up after that, the Buccaneers on the road in Tampa Bay. Pat Mahomes is going to start at quarterback for Tampa Bay. I think the Steelers find a way to win that game on the road, although it will be difficult. 3-0 in my record book. Le'Veon Bell, this will be his first game, and I do not think that they will win that. At Baltimore, coming up next, except it's in Pittsburgh. Same thing, don't matter. Steelers are better than the Ravens. 4-0, shoo-in. I'm telling you what, Deshaun Kaiser's going to do a great job for the Ravens. Flacco's so damn accurate, I think the Ravens take him. That's a blowout right there. So you got him at 0-4 and I got him at 4-0. Yeah, man, that's what we're doing. We're breaking down the schedule. Up next, it's Atlanta. NFC teams always have a tough time at Heinz Field. 5-0, mark it down. Just because NFC teams always have a tough time at Heinz Field does not mean that they will win. That's a loss for the Steelers. I disagree with both of you guys. That That's a tie. That's the tie on the schedule right there. I can see that happening. Yeah. I can also see him winning. Really, that one's in the questionable column. Uh, up next is bye week. I think they're probably going to be okay there. Uh, I don't know, Adam. I think they could possibly lose that. That's a tough matchup. And, yeah, they're a little tired at that point. This there is the possibility of an arrest happening. That's a good point, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's... Don't cheer the arrest! Do not cheer Get the, the hell arrest. out of here, Tom! It is Yes, it is an awe for the arrest. Thank Cleveland you. up next, depending on what Brian said, or what I said, depending on whose opinion you value more, if the Steelers lose Week 1 to Cleveland, they will win the next time. If they lose to Cleveland Week 1, they will win the next time. I will go with the opposite of what you just said, because I couldn't follow because it's 420 today. I couldn't follow either. If the Steelers win the first game against Cleveland, they're more likely than not, I think, to lose the second game. And if they win the first game, they're more than likely to lose the second one. So if they lose the first game, then they're more likely to win the second game? Correct. Okay. That's where I am on it then. Yeah, we're fine there. Yep. At Ravens next in Baltimore. Try not to get stabbed or shivved or murdered. If the Steelers win the first game against the Ravens, they're more than likely going to lose the next one. If they lose the first game, they're more than likely to win the second one. I believe that since they lost the first game, they're going to win this game. But the in the end... It will not be a good win. It will be oh. ugly. Ugly. Yeah. We do need to pencil in a couple of ugly ones, but only against last place teams. So Baltimore, we nailed that one. Carolina next. Who knows who the owner is going to be at that point. It's a Thursday night game. It's in Pittsburgh. Carolina having to travel up to the Steel City. They don't have a prayer. They've got a huge prayer. Oh. 
A wing and a prayer. That's the only way they can win. They've got a prayer. Their roster is not as good as the Steelers. How about that, Brian? Their roster is as good as the Steelers and better. RG3 playing quarterback for Carolina in that game. They move on then to... I couldn't even say that one with a straight face. I don't know what you're talking about. Back-to-back games on the road. Jaguars and Broncos next. First up, the Jags who dismantled the Steelers at home in the playoffs. But we all know they stink. Steelers find a way. Jags find that way as well and beat the Steelers. We don't have a precedent. I've never seen the Jaguars beat the Steelers in Jacksonville. So there. Win for the Steelers. Broncos next. Steelers probably lose that one. No, the Steelers are totally taking that one. That's a blowout, 35 nothing. Wow. Yeah. We don't know who's going to be quarterback for the Broncos this year. Is it doesn't Trevor matter. Simeon? Doesn't matter, Adam. Is it the former quarterback of Minnesota who doesn't deserve to have his name mentioned on the program? I don't know. Adam, it does not matter because we're breaking down the schedule, not who the quarterback is. Oh, that's true. Los Angeles up next. I couldn't tell you whether or not it's the Raiders or who who plays I I, I don't I don't the West Coast Chargers it's a win yeah it, I, can we agree on that one at least no we cannot that's what? a loss no no New England next that's a loss no it's a win well it depends on what Ron Al Riveron says that's a good point the Saints on the road hostile environment Tough place to play, loud in the dome, booze be flowing, crazy people dressed up, but I think the damn break, Steelers win. Not allowed to say that, Joe says no. You can't, yeah, that's... that's Too early? That's over the line, man. Over the line, you think? Over the line. All right, we'll, yeah. give, we'll give the Steelers a loss there, then. Yep, give them a loss. And then you wrap up with Cincinnati, so not only will they lose, but their coach will be fired. I thought he was fired earlier in the season, I'm saying that's a win. I've got the Steelers at 14 and 2. I've got the Steelers at 2 and 14. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I think that they will go 10, 5, and 1. <laughs> Last time they went 10, 5, and 1, incidentally, 2002, they won the first game against the Browns. Classic comeback. And then they lost against the Titans in a horse bleep call at the end of the game. So I certainly don't hope. That they're 10-5-1 again. 14-2. Mark it down right here. Crowley Show says that is the case. I don't know if that worked at all. Doesn't matter. We're on to the next segment. It's Josh Joey breaking down Penn's Flyers, ESPN Pittsburgh. Sports. He came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Josh Yoey joins us now from The Athletic. The things we say off the air are funny. Uh, the things we say on the air I think are funny. And that's a radio cliche, but trust me oh when God. I say that what just happened here is absolute gold. Uh, my mouth hurts if we from did smiling. That, if we did that on the air, we would no longer have a show. We'd be fired. Uh, I'm just going to try to gracefully move past it. Uh, Josh, how are you today? Well, I'm okay, guys. I'm driving around with Rob Rossi right now. No! Car, so I'm just... I'm just hanging in there, you know? Does Rossi not have money for his own freaking car? <laughs> he just likes when I drive him places. I don't know what it is. I like to think that I'm good company. I don't know if that's all it is or not. Is Evgeny Malkin in the back seat? Because I've heard they're best friends. <laughs> um, Rob and Gino are very close. 
I, I did not have Gino with me. I would assume he's already in the building. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, going to deny the close relationship there. No question. I wonder if Clutch Rue's in the building. I haven't seen him in four games. <sighs> Funny you should say that. Um, he has been absolutely invisible in this series. And I have a lot of respect for Drew, the player. He is a great talent, no question. And he always plays well against the Penguins. That's the funny thing. But in this series, I mean, what is he, a minus seven, I think it is? And I know people make too big of a deal out of the plus-minus stat sometimes. But when it's that dramatic, that gets your attention. When a guy's plus seven in a four-game span, something's going wrong. And he's played head-to-head against Crosby a lot in this series. And, my God, um, there will be no talk of batons being passed because uh, there, there's no question right now who the best player in the world is, and it is not number 28 for the Flyers. No, without a doubt, he has been abysmal, and really all their star players have been abysmal, Josh. How do you explain Voracek not playing well and Simmons really playing about as poorly as I've ever seen him play? Well, let's give the Penguins penalty kill some credit there because yeah. over the years, um, their best players have feasted against the Penguins on the power play. And, boy, they had the one game in game two where I think they had a couple, but other than that, nothing going at all. So that's part of it. But I just think it's the philosophy of Mike Sullivan. He wants to play Sidney Crosby against the other team's best players. His thinking is, we are deeper than you are, and you're going to have to deal with Sid with your best players, and, and Malkin and Kessel will take care of the rest. And Crosby head-to-head is absolutely destroyed Drew and Victoria. He just has. And that hasn't always been the case for him over the years against them. But in this series, during the last week, um, it's absolutely no contest. So I would give Sid a lot of the credit in that regard. And you know what? That's a good point by you, Josh, that it, they have had success against the Penguins. So I've crushed Hackstall thus far in uh, for the way he's coached this series. But at least at the beginning, I understand the thought process there. Let's see what our big guns can do against Crosby. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really blame him for that. I don't think he's done anything wrong from the matchup standpoint. But... Um, it's not working, and I will say this. Mike Sullivan is obviously a very good coach. That goes without saying. But what he has done in the postseason over the years, man, you, you give him another team to match up with over seven games, he, he just doesn't lose. I mean, he, he puts the Penguins in every good position to win, and yeah, he has the advantage of having that star power. But he, he has certainly made all the right decisions. I don't think Axel has done anything that makes you scratch your head, really. But his big guns are just getting outplayed, and Philadelphia can't win if the Stars aren't going to play well. They're not that kind of a team. They're not that deep of a team. They need those guys to be great, and you know they've been anything but. We've got Josh Yoey of the Athletic here uh, on the Crowley Show. Uh, Josh, do you think that the right decision has been made to continue going with Elliott? Do you think that they will go with Elliott tonight? And if they don't, do you think that that's the right move? I, you know, I've been thinking about this all day. I, I don't know. I mean, do you really think they'll just put three names into a hat and pick one of them at this point? I, I don't know that that would be the wrong move. Like, what do you do? Uh, none of them are very good. Two of them have barely played in the last three months. Um, it's just, it's been a problem for the Flyers for 30 years now with their goaltending. And it's amazing that Ron Hextall is the guy who's the general manager. You, you would think he would have a, a particular interest in that position, but it is a huge weakness. And as dominant as the Penguins have been, um, the Flyers' goaltending is in future. They've given up a lot of terrible goals. I, I will go back to the Elliott goal 
in game four against Kessel. You, you've got to make that save. Yes. Uh, you just do. That That was it. That was the ball game right there when, when Kessel scored on a pretty innocent-looking shot. So it's a horrible situation for the Flyers. No matter who they pick, you can question it if you want, but I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. That's true. Uh, good point by you. Josh Yoey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Crosby's great. Lemieux's great. There's been discussion in this town about who's better. I hate that discussion. I have an opinion. I do think Lemieux was the better player. Uh, I just watched the Lemieux documentary today. I mean, head and shoulders better than everyone he was playing against at the time. And I think the gap there was wider than the gap between Crosby and the players he's playing with and against at this point. But I think it's amazing, Josh, that Sidney Crosby has done enough to at least merit consideration in that conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, this is one of the great players of all time that we are talking about. I, I know it's become kind of the sexy thing to compare them during the last couple of days. And, um, boy, this is no knock on Sid because I think Sid's one of the five best players of all time. But he's not Mario, just if we're talking pure talent. He's not even close. Uh, and that's just the way it is. And and that's not to say he's not great and that he's not accomplished. That he, he might go down as more accomplished as a hockey player than sure. Mario. He's on pace, I would say, with the good health that he's had in recent years. But comparing Mario with anyone is different. Um, he was, you know, he was like watching real live art. Like he wasn't even a hockey player. <laughs> it was just a show when he was playing. It was just different with him. I realize you can't do this, but it's the magic of radio, Josh. So I will do this. If Lemieux's back didn't blow and he never got Hodgkins, mm-hmm. I mean, if you extrapolate his points per game. He's 57 points. I did this the other day. What a what a chore for me. He'd be 57 points less overall than Wayne Gretzky. But, of course, that stuff had to do with his drop-off at the end of his career. Where do you put Lemieux all time? Uh, I, I've always said this, if we're going to talk Lemieux and Gretzky, um, I just use this word with said that Wayne Gretzky is the most accomplished hockey player of all time, times 10. Uh, I happen to believe Mario Lemieux is the greatest hockey player of all time. I, I think... When he was at his best, when, when, when you looked at him when he was healthy in his prime, nobody has played the game of hockey like that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, no one has even been close. If he had been healthy throughout all of his prime years, I really think he probably would have scored 100 goals in a season at one point. And he scored 85 one year when, you know, right before the back trouble started to get bad. He's only 23 then. He wasn't even at his best yet. So he was just on a different level. It's always a fun argument, but uh, nobody had his talent, that's for sure. Josh Joey joining us here on the show. When looking at Lemieux, and now trying to look at today's game, is Malkin the closest thing to Mario in terms of the way that they play? Probably. Uh, they have some similar traits. Um, they're both very big, for one thing. Malkin uses that reach to his advantage, somewhat the way Mario did. And I always say this, too. Um, they just have this this anticipation ability. When, when Malkin's at his best, he, when he's really locked in, he'll intercept two or three passes every game. He just has that gene where you can just read the play a couple of seconds before it happens. And, of course, Mario was very much like that, even more so. So, yeah, and also just from an emotional standpoint, there would be some games where I don't want to say Mario didn't care, but he would have kind of a quiet two or three-point game. He was really good at that. And Gino's like that sometimes. He'll go through phases where, you know, he's not completely locked in the way Crosby is kind of every night, but when Gino gets angry and when he's at his best, you know a goal is about to occur, and Mario is very much the same way. So 
And in some ways, yeah, they are wired similarly. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? Break a break of one nine. Got a 420 on a weed wrangler rolling northern lights in the nine pound hammer lane by the sour diesel stand on Noblestown in Carnegie. If you're planning to pass, slow down your roll and hide that grass. Don't want to drop your Acapulco gold. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Baby Bear, Bear in the Air, or Bear in the Bushes, give us a holler and we'll get you home without that extra freight. 412 922 2874. Keep the shiny side up and the skins on the ground. He's pounding down. Hey, Josh, if the Panthers hey. win this series, and I think that they will, and I think that they'll right. do it tonight, has mm-hmm. the series adequately prepared them for what faces them, or have the Penguins just flipped that switch, and that's why this doesn't so much look like a playoff series? Well, I don't think anything needs to happen in this series to adequately prepare them. I think the biggest thing for them is to get a week off before the next series starts. Uh, we've seen it all year with this team. The more rest it gets, the better it plays. They know what Washington can do. They know what Columbus can do. So the best thing for them, wrap it up tonight, help those guys go seven games, which means the Penguins get to sit around and watch them beat each other up for three more games. And three of those games have already gone to overtime. It's been a violent series. Um, those are good things. Those teams are better than Philadelphia. So no matter what happens in the second round, it will be more of a test for the Penguins. But if they win tonight, and if they get through it pretty unscathed, uh, you got to like their chances moving forward, I would say. Is this the least Flyers-Penguins-Flyers-Penguins series that you've seen in all your times covering Flyers-Penguins-Flyers-Penguins series? Yeah, honestly, it's just from, from a writing standpoint, what I do for my job, it's been pretty difficult because that third period in Game 4 in Philly, it felt like a preseason game. Like I, was, I was bored. I mean, it, 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 the half the building was empty. The Flyers have clearly given up. The Penguins have gone into the four-corner offense where they were just playing keep away, and quite well, I might add. Um, no, there's been really very little hostility. I don't even know, you know what the hell happened in Game 2, guys, because, I mean, <laughs> really, I, I don't know how it happened. It's just a fluky game. The Penguins didn't even play bad that night, but it's amazing they lost the game at all in this series because they have utterly outclassed the Flyers, who have frankly not looked like a playoff team at all since the series started. So, um yeah, it's been, in some ways, from a hockey standpoint, it's been disappointing because there really hasn't been a good game in the series at all. There has not. And last thing here for you, Josh, Penguins defense core coming into the series was a much-talked-about unit and really, I guess, the defense overall. But let's focus on the core. I think they've played great. Uh, if there's one thing that Philadelphia did well all season long was score some goals. They played a good 5-on-5 five five game, and they had a good power play uh, for stretches. What do you make of this Penguins defense now? No, it's been good. And I think there's a, a team-wide commitment to playing defense right now that we certainly did not see in the regular season. Now, there's no question about that. But I give the blue line a lot of credit. Um, Latang has been pretty darn good in this series. This has been good Latang. They need good Latang, not bad Latang. Uh, good Latang has been on display for the most part. And when I look at the rest of the top four, uh, Brian Dumoulin, Ole Mata, and Justin Schultz, man, they are so solid right now, all of them. Uh, they are just not making mental errors at all. They've been so sound defensively. And even the third pairing with Ruido and Alexiak had a very fine series, I think. So those guys need to stay healthy. They're not real deep. But uh, it's been an outstanding series. And you're right. The Flyers have a lot of gifted forwards. They can really score. And while Matt Murray has been outstanding, he hasn't had to do that much. And uh, the Blue Line deserves an awful lot of the credit. 
Yeah, and I will do another last thing here, and an addendum here. Or Oh, boy, that's a bad word. Regardless, I'm high as all get out. It's 420, Josh. You're going to have to excuse me there. Uh, Matt wow. Murray, yeah, other than <laughs> other other than Marc-Andre Fleury, because of course it is, uh, I got to say, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find another goaltender playing better in the playoffs right now, maybe uh, apart from Jonathan Quick, who got eliminated by Marc-Andre Fleury. No, that's true. There was quite a goaltending exhibition in that series. Um, no, Murray's been sound. He, he, he's been a different goalie in the playoffs as he has always been. The single biggest save he made in the series was Game 3 when Nolan Patrick had to break away in the first minute. If he scores there, who knows? The crowd's going crazy. Yeah. Maybe it is different right now. I doubt it, but you never know. And that's, that's who Matt Murray is. He's the guy that makes that big save when he has to. And, uh, no, he, he's been terrific. Amendment. Referendum. Amendment. Referendum. Okay, we're good. Josh, really appreciate the time, man. Have fun tonight. Hey, for being really high right now, I think you've done a fine job hosting the show, and I want to commend you. My man. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks a lot. You got it. Josh Yoey, the athletic Rob Rossi, grabbing ass there on site. What day is it, though, boys? It's Friday. Friday, buddy. It's Friday, and it's not a freaky Friday. Nope. It's a different kind of Friday. It is a free movie Friday. What? Yeah. They're free? free? They're free, guys. You don't even know it's free yet, though. I haven't told you yet. But you called it Free Movie Friday. You did. Oh, I already already said that? Yeah, you did say that. Oh, jeez. Well, it is a Free Movie Friday, this 420. Nothing better than, you know, having some fun and going out and eating some popcorn. The Free Friday, Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. They want to give you a chance to win movie tickets. Text them now. Text Burger. T-U-R-G-E-R. To Adam1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win the Adam Tickets app, (laughs) where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip the line. Standard data and Texas message rates apply. Good job, buddy. What are Texas message rates? I don't know, but I'm afraid they're going to secede from the rest of the rates. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Yo, it's Mark Madden for Window Nation. It's the final week to spring into action and get huge savings. Get two free windows for every two you buy for as many as you need, plus 0% financing for 18 months. Buy two windows, get two free. There is no limit, plus get 0% financing for 18 months. This incredible offer ends Sunday. Call Window Nation now, 866-90NATION, or go online. Visit windownation.com. What are you sorry for? I could eat a burger right now. Sorry, man. It's all right, man. You don't have to be sorry. All right. Well, you promise? Yeah. You're not mad at me? Would you two stop acting like middle schoolers and shut the hell up? What do you mean, man? Yeah. He tried to apologize. I don't think anybody needs to apologize. It wasn't that big. I feel bad, though. It really wasn't that big. You know what, Tom? 